This episode is brought to you by Graybar. Graybar is a trusted and leading North American distributor of electrical, communications, data networking, and industrial products that supports projects of any industry. Construction, hospitals, industrial plants, schooling, and more. Yep, Graybar does that. Graybar operates with one clear mission, to serve as the vital link in the supply chain, adding value for customers and suppliers with innovative solutions and services. But here's what makes them different from the competition. Being able to effectively navigate supply chains to get products on-site and on-time is crucial these days. And Graybar's nationwide logistics network, with over 290 locations across the country, assists owners and professionals build and maintain the operations in their electrical, communications, and industrial world by providing them what they need, when and where they need it, and within budget. Yep, Graybar does that. To view more information on their services, head to graybar.com. That's G-R-A-Y-B-A-R dot com. Yep, Graybar does that. This episode is brought to you by Modern Mammals at ModernMammals.com, where you get 10% off when you use the code GOLFSMARTER. Now, if you were to ask me what my greatest asset was, you may be surprised that I wouldn't take more than a blink of an eye to tell you that it was my hair. Every barber I've had in my life raves about my hair, and even today, I get jealous comments because I still have a full head of healthy hair. Well, that's why I'm so happy that we have Modern Mammals showing their support for the Golf Smarter community. Modern Mammals' goal is to keep your hair and head natural. That means they don't distort your pH balance and natural oils like normal shampoos would. And unlike shampoos, the products from Modern Mammals don't have harsh detergents that suds up and dry out your hair and head. And unlike conditioners, they don't leave your hair limp and frizzy. Instead, they lightly clean your hair and scalp, cleansing hair while protecting its strength and texture. And their products are designed to make your hair feel thicker. So go to ModernMammals.com and use the code GOLFSMARTER. It's one word, GOLFSMARTER, for 10% off. That's ModernMammals.com. And use that GOLFSMARTER checkout code for 10% so they know that we sent you. And there's a link in our show notes to go directly to the Golf Smarter landing page. ModernMammals.com. Golf Smarter Premium number 508, published on September 28th. 2015. Stillness, shaping shots, and trajectory. Our second of four episodes with Jim Venetta. This is Golf Smarter, sharing tips and insights to lower your score and raise your golf IQ. To hear the full interview and access hundreds of Golf Smarter episodes, sign up for premium access at golfsmarter.libson.com. Here's your host, Fred Green. Welcome back to the Golf Smarter Podcast, Jim. Thank you, Fred. So, as we were talking moments ago, but people were listening in the, in the last episode, um, we were talking about stillness. Uh, and you, you asked, you just asked me, it makes sense, doesn't it? Doesn't it make sense, though? I, I mean, when I, you think about it. I can't tell you because I haven't seen the results in my own game yet. Very true. But just think about it from a, an analytical or a logical point of view. If you could hit the ball by holding your weight still, 
and it would produce high quality shots and, and great ball flight and great control, or you can hit the ball by moving every time, what would you rather choose? Yeah, stillness. But here's the oh. thing that, I, that baffles me about all of this. Um, when you looked at my video and I was like, you know, leaning a little bit to my left, but there were parts looking down the line that you saw, oh, look, your knee here and it's not. So you ha you want me even more. Actually, the way I love that you described it is when I brought my club up and I was in my the top of my backswing, you, you said, OK, right there. That's where I want you to start, where my left leg was was bent and my right leg was not. And were you asking me to lock my right leg, which I try no. to avoid? No, no, it, you don't want it to be locked. You know, you, the, yeah. the knees, knees should always have flex in them. That's that's kind of the athletic uh, way to access your legs. Right. But so it's it's so now you have me like starting at a position where I was in the top of my backswing. Correct. Bingo. We're cheating into the swing. We're halfway into the swing at the start. That's what allows you to maintain stillness. Now think about it. When you're going to shoot an arrow, you draw back the bow, and then you make sure that the arrow is aiming real precise, and then you let go of the bow. If you're going to shoot a gun, you cock the gun, you aim the gun, then you fire. But in golf, the traditional swing, you start stagnant. There is no cocking of the gun. That's what we're doing. We're, we're cheating into the backswing. We're already at the backswing at the setup. So okay, that, a baseball player at, at, at bat. Yeah. He doesn't start with the bat on the plate or, you know, some might. He starts at back, but do they, they don't cock back. It's all a forward motion yeah. from there, right? Right, because they've already cocked it back. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So they've cocked back their body and the bat. We're just cocking back our body, and the club sits at the ball. You could start with the club at the top of the swing, too, and still probably hit some very high-quality shots. You'd look funny. Yeah. But it, you know, if you well, look I think Iron, this looks funny. If you look at Iron Byron, you know, that robot, when it swings the club, it starts with the club at the top of the backswing. <laughs> it's not fair. You, know? you can't so, do that. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I, but a lot of teachers, I'm, I'm going to pick at you on this one. A lot, sure. of, a lot of instructors that I've spoken with, um, a lot of uh, golf swing gurus, um, they always talk about hip turn. You're flexing. Sure. So you want to get that hip turn. You want to make sure that you're flexible. From what I understand from the video that you showed me, there is no hip turn. You're starting all the way back and just going forward with it. Am right. I... We already preset the hip turn. Isn't that one of the most common things in golf that you might hear from an instructor? Oh, you didn't finish your backswing. You didn't complete your turn. You didn't turn enough in the backswing. We're already turned in the setup. So that way you don't have to then turn anymore during the backswing. It's already there. The, the, the crazy part is, you know, the logic of it, I think, is, is pretty strong. It's like, you know, if you're going to play a game that's as demanding as golf, you want to reduce variables, you want to reduce movements, and you want to get it down to the least common denominator. So if you could actually keep your weight still and hit a shot, then you'd have to, I would think you'd have to explore it. Now, the cool thing about it is you would think that all you'd get if you kept your weight still is a, a consistent shot and a, a consistent contact and a consistent control over direction, but power doesn't seem like it's there from the logical golfer's mind, right? Right, that's where I'm going in my head right now. It's like, but wait, aren't you losing, right? The, the, but you don't, 
you don't need the backswing to generate power. And a lot of people have said, pause at the top. Sure, right? Of course. It's, and it's always good. You always like a swing that pauses at the top. But let me just finish that point about power. I apologize. It is powerful. It's magnificently powerful. You know, I played one iron 248 yards. You know, I hit eight iron 168. And I could hit it farther if I wanted to, but that's just my stock action. Hmm. All my students are able to increase power. And you start to realize, oh, maybe, maybe power can come from stillness. Because everything in the traditional swing, everything that's kind of in the traditional mind about golf is to really move, to really rear up and then strike upon the ball. Well, that's what makes it hard. What if, what if you could create power just by holding still? And then you, then you realize that power is coming from a different place. Power doesn't come from speed in this swing. It's not about how fast you move. It's about flexing the shaft. And when you flex the shaft, the club head moves fast. So if you could flex the shaft, now you can create power a different way. And how we flex the shaft is simply by maintaining the weight as still. Because what that does is it creates centripetal force and it causes the shaft to flex. It's the relationship between a tether ball and the pole. As the pole remains still, the tether ball is sent around the pole. The string is taut. As soon as you move the pole, the, swing, the, the string would, would lose its centripetal force and then collapse and be slack. So if you hold the pole still, you create that force. It's, how, it's like a G-force machine, right? Mm -hmm. It's just going around in a circle in a circle, and the faster it goes, the more Gs it creates. It's the circle that flexes the shaft. And the key to making a circle is that the center of the circle must stay still. We are the center of the circle. So if you keep your weight still the whole way through the swing, that means you kept the center of the circle still. That means then that you're going to flex the shaft. And that means then that the club head is going to move really fast and aggressively without any kind of effort of your own, simply by maintaining stillness. And that's the beauty. That's the thing that, that, that my students get to realize or any golfer has, has come across this shot. You know, sometimes it happens when they're trying to lay up. Let's say a guy's trying to lay up on a par five and he pulls out wedge and he makes a real easy swing and he smokes it and he hits it farther than he's ever hit it before. And he's saying to himself, gosh, I'm just trying to lay up, right? Mm -hmm. Well, when he's trying to lay up, he's making a smaller swing. He's really not looking for power. He's actually trying to back off of things a little bit. And then the club jumps. And it's because when you kind of reduce your effort, you'll be able to find more stillness. And this is the swing that people come across from time to time, where it's this huge, abundantly powerful shot where you feel like the, the ball just melts into the face and the ball jumps off and it's just the, the prettiest shot you could ever wish to hit. Well, when people experience it, they try and recreate, I believe, they try and recreate the movements that they just felt. When in reality, the thing that made that ball go, the thing that created that power was that they probably didn't do anything. They probably just kept their weight still randomly for one reason or another. And that causes the club to then flex and that causes the ball to jump off the face. And thus you find power a different way. And you're going to get a, when, with this stillness and this swing starting on a weighted position on your front and the stillness and a, a lot of, or a lack of movement throughout your body, Yes. You're going to get a different type of ball flight as well. Bingo. And it's the ball flight that actually correlates to the power. Hmm. You know, in, in our first 
uh, discussion I talked about. It's about reducing spin. Mm -hmm. So re reducing spin means that the ball is going to go farther. Like when I play with guys, they, they, especially when I was playing professional golf and mini tours and, and lots of competitive golf, I would always be referred to as sneaky long, because, <laughs> right? Because as the ball comes off the face, it's not some super high towering cut that just looks like it's you know on top of the world. It's actually a very driven mid trajectory shot that has very little spin on it. So it you know it doesn't doesn't necessarily look like it's a bomb, but we oh, we'd always get out there and I'd be twenty yards by guys. Hmm. Go, oh, gosh, you're sneaky long. Well, it's because the ball's spinning less. So when the ball lands, it releases. And so that consequently gives me a little bit of power. If the ball's spinning less, that means it's going to be less affected by the elements, the wind. You know, we play an organic game. There's very rare days that you might find where there's no wind at all. So the wind and the ball work in tandem relative to spin. The more a ball spins, the more it gets into the wind. So if you can make the ball spin less, it goes through the wind more. So that ends up creating power. And then the solidity of contact and then the flexing of the shaft, which also makes the club head, you know, I got 118 mile an hour club head speed, but driver. So, I mean, it, it, it can move. It can move the ball and it can move the club. But, yes, it's definitely a different ball flight. It's a more efficient ball flight. The ball is spinning less. Which means you're not going to slice the ball. Well, no, and that comes from our setup position that, that has us, you know, pivoted into the forward side and closed down the body. That just secures an inside-out swing path. An inside-out swing path is not going to slice the ball. So you can eliminate the slice from your game. That's the easiest thing. That's the first thing I do with all students. I can't tell you how many students I've had show up on the range and say, I've never hit a draw in my life. And I say, well, you're going to hit one today. And it's usually within the first few shots, boom, draws, draws, draws. And it's because... Form follows function. The position of the body creates the action in the club. I'm actually curious to hear what the response was because I have said to teachers that I've worked with, I've, I don't know how to hit a draw. I've never hit a draw, and they have me hitting a draw until I go home. Ah. Right? And then I get that. It's like it's one of the issues I've always had with, with three- and four-day golf schools is like you get it by the time you're there, but – once you leave and you go hundreds of miles away, you can't go back and work with these guys. Now, fortunately, we have the Internet and people are all sending their videos back and forth. So that helps now. That's a big difference than when we first started doing the podcast. But being able to um, take it with you is a hard is one of the hardest parts. It's actually quite easy. And it's something that all golfers experience. And it's something I tell all my students. You have to walk off the range with this perception. You have to be able to say to yourself, I know how to stay still and hit sweet shots. If you can walk off the range and say to yourself that, then you have it. It will be there for you tomorrow because all you have to do is come back tomorrow and be still. But if you walk off the range and say, okay, if I just move the club this way, if I just slow down, if I just shift my weight, if I just extend through impact, that's not going to be there for you tomorrow because tomorrow you're going to try and extend through impact, but there's going to be some other variation in your swing since there isn't any sort of uh, solidity. There's no, you know, the common denominator in, in my swing is stillness. It's the glue for my swing, whereas the glue for the, the traditional swing is rhythm, tempo, timing. 
-hmm. Well, that changes from day to day. You know, you get on a plane, you're a little bit tired, you got some jet lag, you get out, all of a sudden you, you start blaming the, 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 the flight for your poor golf. When in reality, if you knew how to get off that plane and say, okay, I'm just going to go stay still on the range, I'm going to go find stillness, because that's what I do, then you may still have jet lag, but you're also going to hit really sweet golf shots. And there's no reason not to play good golf because you feel out of sorts, because all you have to do is stay still. Now it becomes an, it becomes a wonderful journey for students too, because you know what? You're going to be playing golf for the next you know 30 years. So consequently, in that time, you're going to be trying to improve that whole 30 years. Well, if you can actually start to gain on something where in six months you could take the swing for granted, hmm. then after six months, you could start to work on something else like your short game. So after those six months, now you get a lock on your short game. Then you could spend some time working on your putting. Meanwhile, the other guy that's chasing movements, he spent that whole year and a half trying a different swing tip, looking in a magazine, trying a different movement that he feels is, is, the, is, the, is the answer for his game, and then two weeks later, he can't even remember what he was doing two weeks ago. Whereas with my guys, it's all about stillness. Yeah. So you can remember stillness. Let's just stay still. Are you able to shape shots now? I mean, with that, are you able to, well, I know you are, but are you able to teach how someone can now hit a, a fade if they need to? Okay, so here's the progression of what you learn in the school, and it's based upon how good of a golfer you want to be. Your stock shot in my school is going to be a draw. Okay, so everybody hits draws. Now, I don't teach the fade to players until they want to be a six handicap or better. Oh, wow. Because you don't need a fade to be an eight or a 10 or a 12 handicap. Just hit that stock draw all the way around the course. Keep it simple. Bore the people that you're playing with with how consistently you hit the same shot over and over again. <laughs> and, 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 you know, you become that really solid 8, 10, 12 handicap. Once you want to become a six or better, that's when the first thing I do is I start teaching you trajectory. And trajectory control is simply ball position. You change ball position to manipulate trajectory. If I play the ball back in my stance, the club is de-lofted, so the ball is going to fly lower. If I play the ball forward in my stance, the club's got its true loft, so it's going to fly higher. Anywhere in between is going to create different trajectories. So the first thing I do with my students, first is the stock shot, the draw. Then we work on trajectory. They start moving it from back of stance to middle of stance to front of stance. And starting, start to realize the benefit of that. Sorry. Is, is there uh, something I'm, happening with guns outside your door? No. I'm on a lake in Maine, and Mainers like to shoot off fireworks, and they've decided to do so. Oh, okay. So it's getting Sorry. to be late at night. Oh, okay. So it's fireworks. Good, because yes. that made me really <laughs> nervous. <laughs> All right. We're going to come back. Can we do another one? I want to do – I'm not done with you, but I want to do these short shows for a couple weeks. Okay, good. Um because uh, there's so many questions I have about stillness and ball position. Um, okay, so you, let's have let's talk about what the video is going to be for after this episode. Uh, do you have one that you can share with us that would be uh, showing? Let's do the trajectory. Tra I was going to say ball flight. Yeah. Great. I have a great video that shows how to manipulate trajectory simply by moving the ball position and still maintaining the same setup position, maintaining the same stillness, change ball position, ball flies different trajectory. 
Thank you, Jim. And we'll get back to you in just a moment with your new video that you supplied us for this week. Uh, But while I continue to rehab my leg, I've set a goal to participate in the Walk to End Alzheimer's on October October 24th in Washington, D.C. My nephew, Brad, Actually, since we've talked about family members before, Brad is Andy's brother-in-law. Brad is on their board, and we will be joining his family this year for the walk. Two of Brad's grandparents developed the disease, and we, among many, are all too familiar with how this illness plays out. Currently, more than 5 million Americans have Alzheimer's, and that number is expected to grow to as many as 16 million by 2050. So please consider making a donation by sponsoring my walk, on October 24th, 2015. Your generous gift will help Alzheimer's Association advance research into methods of treatment, prevention, and ultimately a cure for Alzheimer's. For those millions already affected, the association offers care, education, support, and resources in communities nationwide. I'll put a link in today's show notes, which will also show up on the Golf Smarter app, and then I'll repeat it each week throughout this month. Any amount you can donate is uh, tax-deductible and greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for your help and continued support. Now, let's get back to Jim Venetis of the JimVenetisGolfAcademy.com. Venetis is V as in Victor, E-N-E-T as in Tom, O-S. Let's get back with another of his exclusive videos that can only be seen when you subscribe to his one-on-one teaching at his site or subscribing to our video channel, at youtube.com slash golfsmartertv. Obviously, this is just the audio, but I'll be sending the video link out in our next email, so if you're not on our list, send a request to be included to fred at golfsmarterpodcast.com. And don't forget to like our Golf Smarter Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and Periscope at Golf Smarter. Ball position is how you control your trajectory. The place that you put the ball in your stance changes the loft of your club. If you put the ball back in your stance, the club gets de-lofted. If you play the ball forward in your stance, the club has its truer loft. It's ball position that's gonna allow you to hit the ball lower or higher, not a different swing. This isn't about finishing low to hit the ball low and finishing high to hit the ball high. This is about positioning yourself so that you could force the, the low ball flight or you could force the high ball flight. You, you have 14 clubs. 13 of them that you're, that you're going to use for your long game, and one putter. In those 13 clubs, you have different lofts. Your wedges are more lofted. Your long irons, your fairway woods, and your driver are less lofted. Loft is what allows you to access the full range of ball positions in your stance. What I mean by that is you can play a sand wedge in the back of your stance because that de-lofts it up to probably about a three or a four iron. But if you played a three or a four iron in the back of your stance, it would de-loft it to the point where it would be driving the ball into the ground. So the longer irons and the less lofted clubs have limited ball positions just based upon the characteristics of the club. The loftier clubs, your wedges and your short irons, have more ball positions. So you get to create more shots with your shorter irons and your mid irons than you do with your long irons. The good thing about that is you shouldn't be trying to do too much with your long irons. Your long irons are hard to hit. They have less loft and they're a long shaft. 
And so consequently, and, and because of just the natural characteristics of the tool, you're only going to be playing out of a few different ball positions with the long irons. But it's ball position that's going to control your trajectory. So what I first want you to do is I first want you to start hitting some shots out of the back of your stance. Now when you play the ball back in your stance, it doesn't mean that during the swing you're going to go back to get the ball. What I mean by that is you're not going to shift your weight back to go get to the ball, which is in the back of your stance. Instead, what you're going to do is you're going to keep your weight in your left side. You're going to keep the position of your left side. And then from there, you're going to hold that position and it's the club that's going to go back to get the ball. It's the club that's going to be de-lofted as it goes back to get the ball. And the, the, the resulting shot will be something that you're intending because you've played the ball back in your stance. It's going to be a low, hot shot. Now when you, when you play the ball back in your stance, you get to do two things. You create more spin because of the steeper hit down on the ball, and you de-loft the club, which makes the ball fly lower. You're able to do this while making the same swing. The swing never changes. You're only going to be working out of your left side, and you're going to be holding your position of your left throughout the strike. As you change your ball position, and as you change your club, you start to manipulate your trajectory. And it's your club and the ball position that should allow you to control your trajectory, not changing your swing. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.